feeling these crazy feelings. I'm feeling happiness and fulfillment. And I've never felt these feelings before. So I'm greeting them with fear. Ah! So all I can think about right now is don't die. Like things are going so, has this ever happened to you that things are going so well that it's like, well, this is it. This must be the end. This is the pinnacle. I'm going to get hit by a car, something. No, it's never been. I know it's a bizarre feeling. I'm like, I kind of feel like it's like a light flux. I'm like, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, that sounded a little manic. But I have been trying to be more safe because I'm worried, right? So I went to the doctor yesterday, got a whole panel of all kinds of tests. My liver functions, surprisingly normal. Ha-ha! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Jay knows how much I drink. He was there on Sunday. He's like, how are your liver functions normal? Here's the weird one. My cholesterol is high. Saying that makes me old now. I'm officially old because I just said my cholesterol is high. Hey, Bruno. So I have to be more safe. I have to eat more fruits and vegetables. I've been uh, not smoking pot until after my shower, right? For safety, eliminate those potential slip and falls. But why... Are bathtubs made out of non-slippery, why are they made out of slippery material? When are they going to fix shower technology so that we don't feel like we're going to die? No one else smokes so much pot in the morning that they forget how their own shower works. I'm the only one. It's hot. It's cold. What is happening? My eyes are closed. I'm going to die. Not smoking pot before my showers. Right? I've been avoiding schools and summer camps, you know, for safety. Uh... Right? Before I cross the street, I'm looking both ways. No earbuds, no phone, no texting, just paying attention to not die. I've eliminated choking hazards from my house. Um, Legos, very small pretzels, 27-year-old men. (laughs) Ah, Can you imagine I suffocate on jizz? Ah, That's how I die. Like, Jesus, learn to swallow, Pam. (laughs) At my funeral, someone's going to be like, ah, Pam, at least she died doing what she loved. (laughs) 27-year-olds. It's okay. I always swallow, but I just leave a little for witchcraft. Okay, those are my new jokes, and I'm really happy with them. I wrote those, like, last week, and I feel really confident with them, and I'm happy. So happy hour. Clap for me. Yay. Happy, happy, happy. All right. Well, we're going to start it up, and it's four minutes. You'll hear the horn at three minutes. It'll go wow, wow, and I try to do it on a punchline so that it's not, like, totally throwing you off, but expect a horn sound. And your first comedian is, like, new to us in San Francisco, and it's so great to have her in the fold. Put your hands together for Katie Thies. Thank you, Pam. It's going to be hard to top uh, jizz witchcraft. I don't see that getting any better. Although I do think about, do you guys ever wonder if DJ Khaled can have sex without saying his own name? No, me neither. I think he says it like six times before she gets to come once. It's probably a fair ratio. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't get to come. Um, Louis C.K. is just my all-time favorite comedian. He's just the best ever. Except I hate when men like Louis C.K. Like, if I'm on a date with a guy and I put Louis C.K. on, it's my idea, and then he's laughing too hard, he's into it, I'm just like, can you just get out of my apartment? You need to go. Um, 
He used to be the comics comic, but now I think he's, you know, he's our comic. He's the comic for strong, open-minded women and terrible, terrible men. Um, I'm single right now. Is anybody else single? No, just me? Cool, guys. It's like my cousin's wedding. This is super fun. Um, uh, I'm single, but that's just the euphemism for what's happening, isn't it? the polite way that you tell people that no one touches me. Um, and I could go out and get laid, but then that would just turn into now someone is touching me incorrectly. So I'm not sure how much of an upgrade that would be. Um, <laughs> me and Pam. Uh, I have a dog um, and I love him very much and everything, don't get me wrong. But um, do you think it's illegal to Casey Anthony your dog? Like, do you think there's case law precedent on that? Casey Anthony, I'm not gonna explain it. It's already, the joke either lands or it doesn't. I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna talk about dead babies, that's not. Um, but I, even though I love my dog as well, I refuse to call, and no matter how much other people say it, I refuse to call myself his mom. I get that shit all the time from other people. Oh, are you? Bowie, David Bowie's mom? No, I'm not. Um, because, you know, I might be sad, but it's not like I'm trying to broadcast that. And I could call myself his owner, but I don't feel good about that because he is a black dog. And I don't have a Twitter, so I have no way to know if that's okay or not. Um, but he is a young, confused black dog, and I am a sheltered white lady. So I guess that makes me his Sandra Bullock. Um, and, okay, let's try something else. So who do you guys think would win in a fight between a smart car and a lesbian? I think the lesbian would win. Okay, cool. Um, I think shoplifting, getting away with shoplifting is the last segregated activity in our country. I think that that's only for whites only, basically. Um, uh, I don't mean to get political on you guys, but let's talk about squirting for a little bit. Um, so let's do a quick poll. So who in here likes squirting, like is a fan, thinks it's great? Let's clap. Let's do clapping. Let's do a noise competition. We have one real strong in the corner. Okay, who doesn't like squirting? Okay, Pam. <laughs> Pam just likes to choke on jizz. She doesn't like anything else. Um, so uh, Pam notwithstanding, let's say poll of 10 people, squirting's universally liked, pretty much. Um, well, so what's the, what's the medical term for squirting? Whoever knows it, just shout it out. <laughs> so yeah, there is no medical term. Yeah, okay, so where does it come out of? And if you know that, go ahead, shout it out. <laughs> You're giving away my punchline, yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay, you didn't know. Uh, there is no medical term. It comes out of the urethra, it comes from the bladder, and they say it contains traces of urine. So squirting is fake news, you're welcome. Don't let it happen to you ever again. Okay, thank you guys. Sadie is telling us the truth. That was great, it's just peeing on each other. I mean. I'm fine in the shower if you want to pee on each other and me. I have no problem because it's a shower and then it's sterile. It's, I'm saying too much. 
Uh, but thank you, Katie. That was lovely. Also, I used to shoplift when I was in high school. Uh, your next comedian, it's a white thing. It is. It's like a white, it's like a rich white girl thing. Like I could buy it, but ah! we are so, I feel like we're, you're like the child of my, one of my abortions. Uh, your next comedian, put your hands together for Lily and Sam. Yay. you Pam this is my first time here so I'm really excited yeah um how's everyone doing tonight good I don't know why comics do that I feel like we're universally just really sad and I I know I am because I used to be a d1 athlete and now I bring my iPad to the gym just like I have to trick myself into running anyways um I don't I don't like talking to my boyfriend um, it's not fun. He always talks about the recession that's coming and I'm like, can we talk about something else? He's like, no, like you have to know. And I'm like, cool. Um, but anyways, I, I don't like talking to him about my problems because he has, he asked like three layers of contacts before I can tell him why I want to slash my boss's tires. He's like, oh, like who started it? Why did you charge $7,000 on my credit card? Just shit like that. Um, and I can't, I can't not, I, I live with him. I can't ask him to move out because he pays my rent. So, yeah. Um, he, uh, he does jujitsu. I feel like a lot of women were like, ooh, like he can protect you. And I'm like, should I be starting more bar fights right now? Yeah. Um, I have nothing against jujitsu. I just wish he'd stop practicing on me. Yeah. Anyways, he has a lot of testosterone. He just, like, insists on punching Amazon boxes open. I'm like, oh, the scissors are right there. And he's like, oh, it's faster. I'm like, my light bulbs. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I know I'm the toxic one in the relationship because I make him carry a picture of me. Not of us, just me. Like, it's a, it's a portrait. Like, I'm his daughter. Um, and I do that because I don't want him paying for other bitches. Okay, that one's new. Um, I, I actually don't mind being the token Asian friend. All my friends are white. I know that sounds really racist, but it's not by choice. It's just, it just happened. Um, I, uh, I get to do fun white shit, people shit. Like the other day I went boating and, um, my dad was like, oh, what'd you catch? And I was like, oh, we didn't, I didn't catch anything. It was just for fun. He was like, oh, so you're just burning gas in this economy? And I'm like, what, what is it with men and the recession? You know, I don't, I don't understand. Um, anyways, I don't, I don't, um, then he made me make work at his restaurant and didn't pay me. I don't know. Maybe it's just an Asian thing. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I don't mind being the token Asian friend. It's just like, I have to explain to them, like just cultural things like, um, the other day I had to explain to him, like, oh, that's probably not a gas leak since we're at an Asian restaurant. It's probably just durian. And if you don't know what durian is, it's like a fruit that looks like a landmine. Actually, I actually really like the smell of durian. It, it reminds me of Vietnam. <laughs> the last time I went to Vietnam, someone stole my luggage. I had to go buy clothes at a grocery store. I don't know. Yeah, anyways, I, I, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, like, have all these great stories about, like, coming home and mine is just at a hospital and wearing grocery store clothes. Okay, anyways, thank you. Um, I started uh, going to church recently. Yeah, it's 
spicy. I don't know. Religion's so like, like uh, racy. Um, anyways, I, uh, I started going to church because, um, I broke up with my therapist. She started telling me what to do. I'm like, I, I don't think you should be doing that. She's a white lady. And I was like, I don't, you don't, you can't understand what I'm going through. So I started going to church and, um, now a white man tells me what to do. So yeah. Um, I feel like I, I've learned a lot from church. Like everyone's going to hell. So I don't know why we're trying. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. Like that really helps with the depression. Right. Um, no, I, I also learned that there's a lot of hot people at church. Um, it's probably the lack of drugs that are accepted in the community. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell who's been in church all their lives and who just started going. Um, anyways, I, uh, I watch church kids for fun. Not for fun, just they ask me to. And they're mean, you know, like you, you tease them about one thing and they're like 30 times meaner. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. Who raised you, church people? Okay, I'm just going to get to my punchline. Um, I watched this kid. Uh, the girls are okay, but the boys are weird, especially. Um, I was wearing this big Columbia jacket, and she was just staring at me, and he started having a boner just, like, slowly rising. And I'm like, really? In, in this? I'm wearing, I'm wearing, you can't see anything. And then I turn around, and there's a naked Jesus behind me. And I'm like, oh, someone's going to camp. Um, no, nah, he just really loves Jesus. Anyways, that's my time. Thank you so much. Lily and Sam, everyone, making everyone go back to church. Woo! All right, your next comedian. Uh, he's probably on Best of SF or something else. We get to see him right now. It's so exciting. Put your hands together for Ian Levy. Yay! Hey, hey, how long has the setup been like this? This is different. Oh, really? I've been here long enough that it's gone from every wall. Now, now I can't wait to be there. That's the, my next, that's hopefully where it ends up. It comes full circle. Okay. Full square? Okay, I don't know. Very dumb. Um, I, uh, do you guys think, uh, the, uh, do you ever see old, like, movies or, I mean, I don't know if it's just in my imagination or if I just know it from Snow White, but, like, people back in the day used to go to work and they would whistle. It'd be like whistling, like ooh, I'm, and I think in like movies and stuff, it's portrayed as like everyone's having a good time. But do you think that everyone was when they were actually whistling, or were those people more like the boombox people on Muni or something? Who everyone's like, oh god damn it, if someone they're just whistling Drake or something, you're like, you son of a bitch, like just let us leave us alone, please. Okay, there's that. I uh, I I think it's weird how much. Uh, how how much uh how much stuff people say like there's kind of like our our societal values that uh just aren't true there's like people say uh people all the time say like what matters is on the inside you know like uh what really matters is on the inside uh and that uh, just isn't true obviously it's not i don't know if you've seen the world or people but that's just not how it works. Like if next time someone asks you, they're like, am I beautiful? And you're like, what matters is what's on the inside. And then they won't. Okay. Nope. Not that. That's fine. That's, you know, I don't know. I, uh, you guys ever have this? Do you ever, are you ever, uh, in line at like a drugstore and, uh, the, the person, uh, who's actually talking to the cashier is like crushing. They're like, they're like having a big laugh and like, as it's going really well, 
and you're like, I'm going to have to bring my A game here. This is, this is, uh oh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing voices and act outs and the whole, okay, no, that's just, that just me who's a narcissist. Um, I have a friend who is, uh, is going bald and he's worried that's going to hurt his sex life. So he started taking these pills so his hair will grow out. But uh, the pills make it impossible for him to get an erection. I feel like there's a joke there. I can't come up with it. But it's I don't know if I need to do anything else or I just say that and I walk away. Um, uh, is it just me or is there is there never a good time to talk about relationship problems? Uh, you're either going to ruin the whole day or you're going to ruin the, the sleep you get. There's not just like, uh, there's never, okay, nope, everyone else in a happy relationship. Okay, good. It's good to know. Uh, sometimes, you know, some days you just got to throw out the ideas and see what sticks. And today it's nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I find uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, we, we treat our bad moods very differently. Uh, like if I'm in a bad mood, I uh, like to be alone. I just That's just how I am as a person. Uh, and if she's in a bad mood, uh, I have to hang out with her. That is the rule of I'm not allowed to leave. And it's not like she wants me there to cheer her up. She just wants me. I'm just not allowed to be in a good mood if she's in a bad mood. That's just the way it's like we're in it together. Okay, uh, that's everything I had in my notebook. Hey, that's my time. Ian Levy, yay! So there's a joke in there about the genie. Remember in the stories with the genies, and like you get one thing but you don't get another. So it's that the juxtapos it's the you know the thing he needs to get what he wants, but then he doesn't oh, with have the bald. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. when you when you rub your genie when you rub yeah, a genie three you times. Know, originally, I was thinking of maybe like a monkey paw or something. Right, like, exactly. You know, same which, idea, yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing of the thing that yeah, that yeah. gives you what you want, but or like um, the Stephen King dangerous thing yeah, or whatever yeah. in this shop. And anyway, yay, right, yeah, Ian Levy, right, yay, yay! It's always a treat when you're here. Hooray! Uh, your next comedian, another mute. Oh, this is, I should just tell Ian this before he disappears too. I found an old notebook from 2016 and it has lists of people from Joke Workshop and Happy Hour and it's wild. Like it's like Allison Hooker, you, like all these crazy names now, Brooke Heineken. And I'm like, ah, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> your next comedian, uh, he's Mutiny Radio stalwart. Put your hands together for Ajay Damodaran, yay. I like I like my title. I'm I'm a stalwart. I I still don't know what that means, but we'll fucking roll with it. Uh, also, hearkening back to the shoplifting, I did shoplift in middle school. Shoplifted a bag of Funyuns. It was from a Seven Eleven, so I feel like that's makes it okay. Or that's brown on brown brown crime. I don't know. That is not what I was gonna talk about. <laughs> that was not what I came here. I actually. I didn't hit any traffic today. I was really happy coming into the city. I also passed like this homeless guy, homeless gentleman holding like a blank sign. And uh, I was like, what? And then I drove closer and in pencil, he had written, please give anything helps. So I handed him a Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a good Samaritan, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Ajay. It, 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 I've come to terms with people mispronouncing my name because... 
you guys know that term like microaggression, right? Like if you get a ethnic person's name wrong, I can't complain like that anymore because I realize that like I work at an office where like the cafeteria they serve eth- they serve ethnic food made exclusively for white people. So it's hard to get angry about somebody calling me AJ when all my lunches are hate crimes. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little bit. It's it's rough. It's rough. I can't be like, hey, They're like, oh, so your name's not AJ. Well, you didn't say anything when I, when I ordered the fucking chicken tiki torch masala. So I'm gonna keep calling you that. All right. Uh, I've realized all my jokes are about food. So let's keep going. Um. Yeah, I, I read an article recently. Do you guys read? No, you're reading. Uh, I read an article about how um, because of British colonialism, a lot of Indian Americans, it's harder for us to burn fat because our ancestors experienced so many famines that it became advantageous to store fat and not burn it, right? Okay, so it was a TikTok, but that's not really that relevant. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like that fact is not going to help me because now it's just going to make me more of a piece of shit. Like... One of my one of my friends would be like, "Hey, Jay, you getting a little bit fat?" I'm like, "Yeah, but you know who's to blame, right?" They're like Taco Bell, MSG, you know, just laziness. I'd be like, "Nah, man, the white man <laughs> that needs punching." But whatever. All right. Um, really lost all the steam on the Funyuns thing. All right, we're gonna keep moving. Um, I uh, I'm bad at relationships. I haven't been in that many long-term relationships. But uh, in my defense, my mom's in arranged marriage, so that feels like cheating, right? But uh, she she's like not against using arranged marriage for me, but she's also like okay with me dating. But she also has like zero faith. Like she has the same amount of faith in my dating life that like DJ Khaled has in his weight loss journey. You get what I mean? Like, yeah, buy the right clothes, put in the work, but. I'm probably still going to fly some girls in. This feels like a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she tries to give me dating advice, but she's also never been on one, which is, uh, it's a tough situation. Cause she'll be like, she, she'll say things like, Hey, Jay, just figure out how many girls or how many, cho- how many children the girl wants. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out if I can fart in front of her first. Maybe we can take this a little bit slower. Uh, yeah. And, um, I'm going to end on a ridiculous joke. Cause I was driving by hate and I thought about this, but, um, I live in Oakland and Oakland's getting better, but uh, I know the street that I live on is like maybe not the best because all the neighborhood cats act like 1930s boxers, right? Like they like fuck in the morning, sleep in the afternoon, just fist fight in the evening. Like, like it's, it's, uh, it's wild. That's why I want to open up like a martial arts studio to like let their anger out in a productive way. I'll call it Dojo Cat and uh, we'll meet on Thursdays, we'll play some amazing trap music and... I don't know. I'll write the rest of that joke. All right, we'll uh, move on. Have a, have a nice night, you guys. Yay, yay, Jay. Hooray. Okay, here's a list I found from 7-22-16. So this was the people who were at Happy Hour in July. Chris Guerra, Theo Hull, Ashton Tate, Sarah DeForest, Elizabeth Simone, Alex Warren, Hunter Uniac, Jeff Dean, Greg Gettle, Colin Holtz, George Davis, he's dead now, Adam Strawbridge, he is. George Davis died. I'm sorry, it's true. I I miss him. He was a great guy. Cole Chapman, Mike Flynn, Cedric Drake, uh, Jenny Isaacs, Sanj Nalwa, Vince Mancini, Brandon Stokes, John Gallagher, Brady Holt, Dwap Mai, Mike Evans Jr., Paul Hafferty. Right? You weren't on that one. 
It's surprising. You're in all the other ones. I just wanted to say one that had Teddy in it. Uh, your next comedian, though, you're after the, your next comedian. Put your hands together, everybody, for Charlie Moore. What up, what up? Uh, I was scrolling through Facebook this morning, hence the notebook, gave me a little inspiration, and I saw an article about a 15-year-old kid who graduated from college. Poor kid, right? I couldn't believe it. All the comments on this article were all positive. Like this one lady wrote, oh, how great he's getting a head start on his life. Which is ironic because her bio was live every day like it's your last. Yeah, how ironic. I feel like that comment is more fitting for like a 16-year-old meth addict or something like that. Live every day like it's your last. Uh, that's not cool. That's kind of abuse. Like the interviewer asked what the kid liked to do for fun, and he said sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's abuse. Although, honestly, getting a college degree is not very hard. Like Harvard, yeah, that's one thing. But a college degree is as good an indicator of intelligence as a Bible tattoo is of being a pious Christian. Yeah, there's no correlation. What's he even going to do afterwards? Like, it's hard enough, right? Anyone getting a job after college? It's really hard. Even for a 23-year-old after college, it's really hard. How is he going to get employed when the company has to navigate child labor laws on top of that? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Um, the article also said that he wanted to go to medical school afterwards. Fucking pervert. 15-year-old <laughs> kid. What could possibly go wrong? Because when he graduates, he'll be like 20 years old. What could possibly go wrong with giving a 20-year-old kid the authority to issue Xanax prescriptions? Yeah, nothing could go wrong. Um, this kid also had like no childhood. He never got to go to middle school, never got to go to high school, and I felt bad for him. Although when he called the trash can the receptacle and the bathroom the laboratory, yeah, probably good he didn't go to high school. Um, and sure, he'll know things we don't know, like his district reps or stuff like that. But if somebody asks him a simple question like, hey, did you know if your hand is bigger than your face, it's a sign of low intelligence? He'll be like, why? I did not know that. All right. Thank you for listening to those new ones, <laughs> workshopping. Um, anyone here ever been skydiving before? No? No one? No. Very mentally healthy crowd here. Yeah. Because nobody ever goes skydiving when they're in like a good chapter of their life. I feel like hey, people are usually like, ah, oh, it's either LSD or this. So they go skydiving. Yeah, I actually almost went skydiving. I bought a ticket. I drove two hours to get to the airstrip. When I turned onto this one-lane road and saw the only thing you do not want to see on a one-lane road that leads only to the skydiving place, which is an advertisement for a personal injury attorney. As soon as I saw that ad, I turned right around. Although, to be honest, I feel like that's not a very fitting advertisement. Because with skydiving, there's not much of a spectrum of injuries associated with it. Like, either the parachute works or it doesn't. It makes skydiving and Russian roulette the only two sports where nobody's ever gotten hurt twice at them. Yeah. Even the name is scary. Sky. Die. Thing. Die is in the name. And what happens if you're falling down and you hit, like, a flock of birds on your way down? Like, on land, the birds get out of your way. The sky, that's their turf. I feel, like, I feel like it takes one beaked bird to pop a hole in your parachute, and they'd still manage to shit on you as you fall to your death. Yeah. You know, you know what the scariest thing for me? Or actually, there's two things. Number one is you look on the internet, 
and all you see are positive things about skydiving. You know why that is? It's because anybody who has a bad experience skydiving is dead now. The last thing that scares me the most is that at some point, every skydiving instructor has to give their first ever lesson. And I don't know whether they tell you it's their first time before or after. I feel like they tell you after. Like afterwards, they're like, just to let you know, that was my first time. You're like, I can tell because we're laying in a puddle of blood. <laughs> Thank you. Yay, Charlie Moore, hooray. I don't know why the music disappeared. There it is. Charlie Moore, yay! All right, um, your next comedian was on that long list from six years ago. Uh, that's exciting and strange and weird. It's like traveling through time. Um, he's super funny and wonderful. I'm really excited for a show tomorrow night uh, at 7.30 in San Jose, and I don't remember where it is because um, I'm a terrible person. Uh, put your hands together for Teddy Hall, yay! My, my name has changed since that, but I didn't die, you know, so I think that's good. Uh, I, was, uh, I was recently dating a Ukrainian a girl, like, straight from Ukraine, because uh, I care, all right? I told her straight up, like, I was, listen, any time uh, a bomb gets dropped on your dad's house, I will go down on you, okay? People ask me, was it difficult being a political as- activist? Yeah, it was, Okay. At a refugee camp at my house, she asked if her her hot ass sister could stay with us, and I was like, "If it saves one life, then yes, bring your incredibly hot eighteen year old sister. Let her stay with us." She broke up with me though. Um, there was a misunderstanding that I I was trying to explain to her, but English is not her main language, so there was a little bit of a, a, a disconnect. Uh, she thought I was gay, all right, and I like tried to explain to her that I'm not, and it's a misunderstanding. Here's, here's how it all started. Uh, you guys, the, the pandemic, remember when there was like nothing happened, there was no comedy shows, there was nothing, you couldn't get anybody to go on a date with. You know, if you asked a girl to go on a date, with, she's like, where are you gonna take me, Safeway? Like the only thing that's open are the grocery stores. And so I wanted just a little bit of attention, and so I got a grinder account, you know? So that's not because I'm gay, but just to chat with people. And it turns out people were very friendly, all right? People, like, very chatty, you know, and, 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 and friendly. And, and, you know, didn't meet up with anybody. Just passing the time. Well, I, I did meet up with one person. This is what happened. Um, this guy kept sending me pictures of money, all right? And it's just, like, at a certain point, it became spam, okay? And I was just like, you know what? He sent me a picture of $2,500, and I was like, okay, f- I'm going over there to tell him I'm not gay, all right? And that was the night that I made uh, $2,500, all right? That's, I'm just kidding, I didn't make any. Here's what I learned, though. If you're going to turn a trick, uh, don't accept a check, all right? Because you <laughs> will not cash that shit. <laughs> anyway, so my Ukrainian girlfriend thought I was gay, and um, we broke it off, you know? But here's the thing, you know, like, is some shit gay? You know what I mean? Like, is going to the glory hole gay? I mean, if you don't know what's on the other side of it, right? If you're thinking about a chick, that's straight shit, right? I'll be honest. You know what I'm thinking about right now? Pussy. All right? That's exactly... Anyway, she's no longer in my life. 
Uh, what is in my life is I just bought a giant lifted F-150 truck, all right? Is it douchey to have a sleeveless shirt and a lifted F-150? Probably, all right? But it makes me happy, okay? It gets 12 miles to the gallon. Do you get 12 miles to the gallon? I drove here from San Jose. It cost me $237, all right? It also... Uh, I mean, if you're gonna get the, if you're gonna get it, you got, it's, it's all about being cool. Like, I, I don't like, I don't have anything in the, the, the bed of the truck. All right, so you got to be cool. So I got an illegal tint on the windows, and I cannot see shit outside of my truck. The only time I can see anything is between the hours of noon and three. Okay, do you guys understand? The sun has to be at its highest point for me to be able to see anything outside of my truck. All right, like I here's how I'm gonna have to drive home after this show. Okay, is if I hear someone scream, then I'll step on the brake. That's how I'll do it. Anyway, thank you guys. Yay, Teddy Hole! Yay, Schrodinger's glory hole. Schrodinger's, you don't know if it's a girl, you don't know what gender it is until it's the Schrodinger's glory hole. Like the cat is alive and dead inside the box. The the person on the other end of the glory hole is both a man and a woman at the same time, completely gender fluid. Uh, you're, you can have that if you want, because I don't have any jokes about glory holes. Maybe your next comedian does. Put your hands together for Denise Lee. Yay. She's so cool. And I'm so ugly. Not completely certain what a glory hole is, for being honest. Kind of sound like the name of a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so I grew up in a very uh, conservative Christian town. I uh, had a lot of classmates who would be like, oh, you know, like, don't have sex before marriage. It's a sin. I understand that everyone's different, right? Like, I know that most of my classmates who are against premarital sex are usually ugly, right? <laughs> like, is God saying no to sex, or is everyone else just saying no, <laughs> you know? Like, don't blame your virginity on God. Like, God is not the cock block here. Uh, I, got, uh, I got dinner with a friend recently at a Mexican restaurant, and she ordered her entire meal in Spanish. She's one of those very culturally sensitive people. She's like, Denise, you should really at least learn basic Spanish so you can like be respective of uh, their native culture when we come to these Mexican restaurants. And I was like, you're so right, but we're at a Chipotle right now in Marin. <laughs> I was like, you're ordering from a dude named Tanner, okay? Like, I think English is fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I had a big problem with drugs growing up. I had a big drug problem. Really struggled with finding people who would give them to me for free. Well, uh, like the drug program was a total lie, okay? Made me way too optimistic. I was told people would be throwing drugs at me left and right. Liars, okay? I, I guess like the D.A.R.E. program was conceived in a time of like not economic recession when people were more generous, right? Um, but yeah, uh, I wanted to try weed, but I didn't want to buy it. But the school weed dealer was in my calculus class, and so one day before class, he came up to me and he goes, yo, like, can I copy your homework? 
right? And I was like, oh my God, this is the whole reason I've been working hard in school so I can get drugs. And I was like, okay, you can copy my homework if you give me some weed. And he was like, well, how much do you want? Now this question threw me for a loop. I had not had experience quantifying marijuana before. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought getting weed was kind of like ordering sliced ham at the deli counter. And I was like, oh, I don't need much, just you know, maybe like two pounds or something. Does that, does that seem reasonable, organic if possible? Uh, let's see, where did, what else did I wanna try? Um, okay, so whenever people meet me in San Francisco, they just assume I'm a software engineer, which I don't know why seems mildly offensive. I asked my friend, I was like, is it because I'm socially awkward or something? And she was like, yes, um, but also because, you know, you're Asian, right? And I feel like people have a lot of racist assumptions about Asians, but I'm trying to learn to use racism to my advantage. Like I recently learned at work that uh, when people look at me, Everyone just automatically assumes I'm a very hard worker. No questions asked. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Thank you. Denise Lee, everyone. Yay. Those leather pants are amazing. They are. Uh, your next comedian, he's kicked, flipped his way into all of our hearts. Clap your hands together for David Lattimore. Yay. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Guys, here are my new jokes. I uh, I think you can tell that the healthcare system in our country is really fucked up because in middle school, our gym teachers have to check us for scoliosis. You guys remember that? Like, shouldn't that have been done by a medical professional? You know what I mean? The school's like, yeah, sorry, we can't afford doctors, so some four-year-old with a goatee named Derek is going to tell you to bend over in the locker room in a minute. Just go with it. It's for the best, all right? I don't think anyone's on board with that. I don't think the gym teachers even know what's going on. Middle school gym teachers are like, yeah, sorry, I wanted to get hammered at Arizona State for four years. Now I coach flag football and give routine medical examinations. That's, I think that's what's going on there. Uh, they, can't even get, they can't even get a chiropractor to come in and do it. They can't even get a fake back doctor to come check us for scoliosis. And I got, uh, I got screwed over by the BART the other day. I did the thing where uh, you ever go in and then your train's not coming for a while and then you try to leave and then it charges you like seven bucks. I did that and then I went up to the lady. I was like, hey, can I get my seven bucks back? And she was like, we actually can't put the money back on your Clipper card. Uh, they don't let us because they're afraid we might get robbed. And I was like, that's a real concern? Someone's sticking up the BART? Like some mob boss is like, all right, boys, this is the big one. One last heist, we ride free for life. All right, boys? You know that makes no sense because anyone with the slightest criminal intentions already rides the BART free for life. You know what I mean? This is what it takes to ride the BART free for life. That's the only crime you have to commit. No guns have to be involved. All right, and maybe that one has legs. Uh, I watched uh, I watched Love on the Spectrum recently. Any of you guys see that? I think Love on the Spectrum is a real good example of how all schools of thought kind of exist in like within a circle, 
and you know if you get too far to one side you end up just right on the other side of the spectrum like uh like you know how you could be so liberal that you just start sounding conservative you know what i mean like when the antifa people in portland wanted to designate a park for only people of color and you're like wait a second i think the alt-right would be on board with this too you know <laughs> i think love on the spectrum is like that love on the spectrum is hollywood becoming so inclusive that they just made a show for people to laugh at special needs people. You know what I mean? It just came right around back to the other side. It's like we're back in the 70s with television. <laughs> I, I think I had one more idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm afraid of marriage. I'm real afraid of marriage. Because I, I don't want to end up with like one of those married guy hobbies. You know, people get bored with marriage, and then they have some boring hobby. They just have to build a lawnmower from scratch because they hate themselves or something. I don't want to get there. You know what I mean? I had one buddy. He was single. He got obsessed with online poker. I was like, save that shit for later in life, man. <laughs> poker is a married man's game. You want to know why? Because single people have much more exciting things to gamble on. You know, like getting your heart broken or getting chlamydia. You know what I mean? We have much funner things to risk it on. All right, that's all I wanted to try. Thank you. David Lattimore, hooray. Chlamydia is not a flower. Let's all remember that. Look, I brought you a bunch of chlamydia. Uh, you're sorry. That was lovely, David. That was very funny. I've also watched, I love Love on the Spectrum, and I don't know if it's my fault or their fault, and I don't even know, I, but I'm being, anyways, I feel like a bad person now. Uh, your next comedian is new to the room. Put your hands together for Philip Fabian. He's not here yet, is he? Uh, Miles Benjamin Davis is also not here, but it's his birthday and he gets to bump in whenever he wants, but it doesn't matter because he's not here. So you know who's next on the list? Bruno! Yay! Hey, yo. Uh, I used to be a big fan of rap music. I listen to it all the time, but I have to stop listening because rappers don't make smart decisions with their money. They're just rapper Lil Boozy who had a song. I'm in the club VIP. My gas tank on E, but all drinks on me. Boozy, no. The gas tank's on E. Don't spend all your money on drinks. That's financially responsible, Boozy. I was watching uh, that Liam Neeson movie, uh, Taken. I don't know if y'all remember that one, about where he rescues his daughter who's abducted uh, overseas. I've never done comedy with someone pissing right next to him. I've never done that. <laughs> I just realized, I think he... <laughs> nice. Okay, I was watching... Uh... <laughs> that was fun. I was watching that Liam Neeson movie, Take Yeah, the one where he rescues his daughter who was abducted while overseas. I uh, I realized that movie could have ended in the beginning. Like, she so easily could not have been taken. Because y'all remember uh, the, like, beautiful French guy comes up to her and is like, you want to share a taxi? It'll be cheaper. And uh, she was like, yeah. And then she went on a, in the car with him and got abducted. That movie ends right there if instead he's an ugly creep. Who's like, you want to share a taxi? It'll be cheaper. You'd be like, what the fuck? Get the hell away from me. Uh, moral stories, don't trust beautiful people. 
what I was trying to say. I um, my dad was telling me a story, uh, the other day about he got pulled over by a white police officer while driving my car, and uh, when the police officer came over and looked at the vehicle information, he was like, "Bruno Febby, I went to high school with Bruno Febby. How's he doing?" And my dad was like, "Oh, he's fine. He's just up in New York doing school and shit." My dad was like, "Thank you, son. Because of you." I did not get a speeding ticket, which is good for my dad, but would it be more interesting if instead this white police officer shot and killed my dad? But only because he didn't like me. He was like, Bruno Febby, he made high school miserable for me. Bang. But then it would unironically spark national outrage over police brutality in the black community. Obama holds a press conference. Meanwhile, this police officer's like, this has nothing to do with racism. I just really hated Bruno Febby. That was on cue. <laughs> I um, am visiting from uh, New York City. I used to live in the Bronx, and the Bronx gets a bad reputation for being scary. I liked it, but the only scary thing is the people there are desensitized to violence. One morning, I was trying to catch the train for work when this lady stopped me. She's like, hey, young man. Wait, does that mean one minute or your time's up? Oh, shit. Well, it's okay. I, was, I wasn't even sure if you were turning on the music or not. Oh, I, I must have imagined it. Well, I got 15 seconds left. I just want to say you guys need to do better with your homeless community. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Hey! Yay! Bruno and Febby! Yay! Hooray! We do need to do better with our homeless community. We're dicks. We've got all this money, and and everybody can also give money to Mutiny Radio. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I know, really, I love money. I mean, I hate money, but it's a necessary evil. We've got more comedians. We're having fun. Uh, if anybody wants to give me a ride, we only have a couple comedians left, uh, but if anyone wants to give me a ride just slate after this, I wouldn't kick you in the face. Uh, is Philip Fabian, is that you? Okay, so um, you can go next door, Miles. So it's Miles' birthday, so he can go next. It's just you're new to the room, so if you're like comfortable, or un- it's up to you. Do you want to go next, or because you were we skipped you because you were a little, um, it, it was just a little bit. Both of you walked in just like a, just a hair late, and so we went to Bruno. So it's either one of you can Rosham for it, or one of you can just jump up if the spirit moves you. Uh, Rosham, uh, one, two, three, whatever you want. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. You do it. You do it together. You guys figure it out. One of you gets up. All right, here we go, everybody. Put your hands together for Philip Fabian. <laughs> Hey guys, so uh, my name is Phil, and uh, you know, as you can see, I'm, I love to travel. Uh, as you can see, I'm wearing a barbecue hat from Austin, Texas, called La Barbecue, where it has this awesome bathroom that actually turns into a disco. It's uh, one of the most awesome things, and uh, I just love the place. And you know, I kind of fit the prolific look of, you know, I'm a beard, wearing a dude, a chucker hat, 
with a camel camouflage, I look like a Trump supporter. Uh, <laughs> not quite. But in any case, I went to uh, Mexico and I went to Cabo. It's a beautiful place where the beaches are cold and the hookers are hot. Uh, and uh, I was flirting with this border patrol agent. Uh, her name was Maria Santiago Dominguez Lopez Lopez Esteban the Third. I'm like, man, bitch, how many husbands have you had? Uh, she asked me, how are you bringing any illegal drugs into Mexico? And I was like, am I bringing illegal drugs into Mexico? If I was bringing illegal drugs here, I think I'd be returning it because the last batch of cocaine was fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, I went to uh, Paris, France. And uh, you ever guys ever see a mime before? You guys know what a mime is? Uh, you know, a mime is like one of those dudes that pretend they're like stuck in a box. They have, they have a white face, you know, kind of like a clown. And he had his, he had his uh, sign there that said, you know, take a picture with me for 20 euros. Now, 20 sound, doesn't sound like a lot, but 20 euros is a lot. And I kind of told the guy, you know, no thank you, you know, because we have mimes back in San Francisco where we could do this, where I could do the same thing for free. They're called crackheads, and they're over on the Tenderloin. And, uh, and if anything, you know, I could probably get head from one of them too. For 20, for 20 bucks. <laughs> um, another place that I traveled to was uh, Tokyo, Japan. And anyone here been to Tokyo? Anyone? No one? Uh, you look like you heard of the town Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I went to, there's this store there that is, I shit you not, a seven-story store that sells nothing but Japanese porn. And as you kind of go up, the porn just gets more fucked up, right? So the bottom floor is this girl's just dancing around in bikinis. Okay, no big deal. Um, the only minor inconvenience is I think some of those girls are like 13 or something. Very disgusting shit. But so anyway, I don't have time to look through all seven floors again. So I went to the seventh floor, um, and it's just nothing but bondage porn, where it looks like you know makes Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ look like fucking Sesame Street. And in one more in particular. I was I saw this video that they were playing there called the crucifixion where it was this Japanese dude basically reenacting the stations of the cross where Jesus was up until this crucifixion the only difference is, is that these this guy is just getting humiliated by women every single step of the way and I was really offended by this because you know I I'm a Roman Catholic my whole life and you know Japanese people don't believe in Jesus uh, if anything, Koreans do. Um, I kind of ran out of my material, so I hope you're having a good time. I love orange, by the way. You, is orange your favorite color? It's up there. Is, there, is it up there with fuchsia? Uh, fuchsia is kind of like the gay pink. Have you ever heard of the gay pink? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the gay pink uh, totally works uh, well in this town. But uh, that's all my time. Thanks, guys. Keep your hands clapping for Phil, everybody. All right. Hey, it's his birthday. You're not a comedian. It's his birthday. So be nice and clap your hands in a wild slappy-like emotion for Miles Benjamin Davis. Hooray! It's your time. You got the horn, so why don't you blow it? What's up? Warriors, baby. Yeah. Oh, check out the shirt. Also, fuck you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't even care about sports, but you're from Boston, so fuck you by default. Um, anyways, I don't know why bro's getting on us about our homeless population. This is all Rudy Giuliani's fault. He's the one who shipped them all here with a one-way ticket. So don't get mad at us. 
This is Giuliani's fault. Um. Anyways, what's up? Uh, I uh. You know, I don't like to judge people for their music tastes. You know, like listen to whatever you want to listen to. But if you're 34 and you're still listening to My Chemical Romance, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you're in your 30s, it's no longer an emo phase. It's just clinical depression. All right? Like, go fucking start a family or go to therapy, fucking weirdo. Also, nothing more depressing than, because now, you know, everything comes back, right? You know, everything's pop. We used to have 80s night, now it's 90s night. And then now we got emo night. Nothing more depressing than see a bunch of overweight white guys try and squeeze into their skinny jeans, put on their checkered vans, and their stretched out studded belt from 2004. <laughs> God, that's the one thing that I'm envious about boomers, because at least they got to enjoy their childhood. You know what I mean? Because, like, objectively, it was good, right? You know, music back then, it was popping, you know? But everything from the 2000s was cringe in the fucking moment. You know what I mean? Like, all the emo, screamo shit. Like, it was bad back then. It's even worse now. It has not aged better. It is, it's, it's aged about, probably about as well as uh, David will in about 10 years. So, love you, David, but sorry. I'm just, uh, even though we won, I'm still mad at Boston for no fucking If <laughs> We won, we got everything we wanted. Um, anyways, uh, so anyone, uh, did anyone pick up some hobbies or like try and better themselves during the pandemic, during the lockdown? Anyone? What? Yeah, I was not going to attempt that. What did you do? Stand up? Bad choice. What did you do? What kind? All kinds? Classics? Hell yeah. Uh, I uh, decided, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to work on my personality, so I might as well work on my body. Start working out. Uh, yeah, you know, when you've had the same body, you know, like I, I've had the same physique since I was like 16. You know, like I've always had the physique of a 14-year-old Chinese girl, you know. And because I... Basically, I turned 16, and puberty was like, eh, fuck it, we're done here. You know, like, oh, should we give him a mustache? Mm, how about half a handlebar? You know how much creepier half a handlebar is than just a full handlebar? I look like a child molester and a molestee at the same time. How does that work? So confusing. I have so much going on. You know, I... All right, I'll, let me just run down the list of all the things that I am. All right, um, queer, non-binary, POC, neurodivergent, ADHD. Uh, I don't like flan. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm I'm a walking hate crime in the South, just waiting to happen. You know, it's like I got so much shit going on. It's like, damn, bro, pick a struggle. You know. Anyways, uh, that is my time. Yay! That was a great set, Miles Davis. Oh my God, you don't like flan? Dear God, I can make the best pot flan. What about creme brulee? I know they're very similar, but it's just, is it just, you just don't like puddings? It's, oh, oh. So you like French, you like French pudding, but not Mexican pudding. Do, do, do the Filipinos have a pudding? Mmm, to a flan. Okay, fair. So you don't like the runny caramel. That was lovely. Um, sorry, now I, my tummy rumbled. 
Miles Benjamin Davis, happy birthday, yay. All right, we've got two comics left right now. Your next one, clap your hands together, everybody, for Brian De La Cruz, yay. Hello, hello, yes, I am new, everybody. I am Brian, and um, I still listen to My Chemical Romance, man. I'm trying to see a concert of them later on, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I am um, I am a people pleaser. I like to be very nice. I think, um, uh, what was the punchline with that? Um, I, you know, when someone carjacks me, I adjust their mirrors and I fill up their gas tank. I just want them to get home safely, you know? Um, uh, you know, um, I feel like I am just like Jim Carrey in the movie Yes Man. I do... I say yes to everything he says. You know, he's he says yes because he's opening doors for new opportunities. I'm over here opening doors for random fucking people. <laughs> um, in the movie, uh, Jim Carrey's a um, a banker and he approves all these loans. Um, I feel like there's like a people pleaser somewhere that caused the housing market crash of 2008. Um, uh, other than being so nice, I think like my therapist does like how nice I am. You know, every suggestion he has, I'm like, yes, man. Uh, you know, he's like, go read a book or go see me like three times a week. I'm like, I don't have insurance, man, but I'll do it. Um, you know, we, we spend so much time kind of just like, you know, trying to figure out how I feel, but I'm, I feel like I'm like asking how he feels. Like, he's like, how do you feel? How do you want me to feel? And it's just like this weird back and forth because I want to like make sure he's okay. Um, but at the end of our session, I'm like, I give the I give the therapist a hug for some reason, and I'm like, see you next week. Um, uh, other than therapy, I feel like you know what's worse than one people pleaser. I feel like it's like four of them trying to cross the street, all of them at this four way stop sign. Like, no one would be able to cross the street. It would be like, you go. No, you go. I feel like it would just be like a Mexican standoff or something. Um, I feel like there's just, like, too many nice people. Maybe, like, too many people like me out there. Um, I remember one time I was covering my coworker's shift. And uh, the shift that I covered was, like, my birthday. And uh, I asked my friend, like, what was he, what was he going to do? And he was like, I'm going to your surprise birthday party. Like, I, I, luckily we're not friends anymore. I feel like I, you guys know the saying, like, kill him with kindness. I feel like I wanted to do that to him. I don't know how that looks like, but I would definitely try to do that to him. Um, yeah, other than that, I feel like the other stuff that I have, let's see. Um, I feel like people pleasers would be good at porn. I feel like, you know, they would take care of you mentally, physically, and, like, grandmotherly um um i i think yeah what's your name again phil uh what do you do for a living phil robots are are you a robot <laughs> i'm just <laughs> um that's cool what do you what do you do with robots test them and make sure they don't kill people are you like arnold schwarzenegger are you like the terminator you're the you're the tamer. <laughs> that's pretty wild. Wow, I wish that that's crazy. I don't know if I could top that jo that uh that job there. I think that's a lot better than doing stand up. That's all I got. Thank you.
Hooray! Brian De La Cruz. Yay! All right. I mean, I just checked my uh, my outbox, my the dirty box, but I checked you guys for the dirty box, and then I just checked again. They're like, hey, what's going on with the mic tonight? And I'm like, it starts at 6, and then I mean, we're going to close early, and I'm going to Slate if anyone wants to give me a ride, but if you don't, the 33 bus from right here just drops you off right in front. Try to get another set in after this. Uh, but your last comedian of the night, everybody, he has the best last name I've ever had the privilege to have come out of my mouth hole. Put your hands together for Nolan Takashita. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name's Nolan. I recognize you. You're actually in the comedy college, too, aren't you? I think I've seen you before. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we're in the same class. Um, yeah, so uh, you're going to laugh at my jokes just as hard as in class, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so um, lately I've been telling people I'm white just because it's fun to feel like you have privilege for once. I've also been telling people they're good looking. Both the white thing and good looking thing aren't true. Um, <clears throat> actually, I'm Asian. Uh, that may come as a big surprise to you who can't see or are blind in the audience. Um, yeah, I'm Asian man. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard on the West being an Asian dude, I feel like, because, you know, we're not seen as that attractive, but recently BTS has been doing, you know, Korean boy band has been making Asian dudes start to look a lot better and quoting my friend from the Midwest. He was telling me BTS is quote doing God's work. And I was like, huh? That's pretty cool. And I'm like, it's kind of sad though, because, you know, when he's fucking, he, he has to listen to BTS every time. And it's not because he likes BTS. It's because he has to. Those are, The girls are not thinking of him when they're fucking in the Midwest. That's for fucking sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the last time we had a Asian male, like, sex icon in the West, it was like Kim Jong-un. Like... <laughs> You know, he was like, they call him Little Rocket Man, but they weren't talking about his fucking nukes, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's not all that bad for Asian dudes because, you know, um, there's that stereotype that Asian men have small penises, which I honestly think was invented by an Asian man because it's like, you know, whenever someone pulls down your pants, they're never like, oh, man, it's a lot smaller than I thought it'd be. It's like, you know, it's fucking average size. They're like, wow, could have been a lot fucking worse. Um... I honestly just feel bad for like the other races where they got like stereotypes of like, oh man, you have the biggest cock. It's like, that must be like so much pressure for like the only fucking dude who like doesn't have a massive cock. You got to like go through the dates and subtly insinuate throughout the date that you don't have a massive cock. Like, like, oh man, my pants are feeling a lot fucking looser. Oh wait, that's like all the fucking time in the crotch area. Um... Or like, man, this sausage we're eating reminds me of something that I saw earlier while I was naked this morning. Um, but, you know, I, I think like in the Bay particularly, it's like kind of hard for Asian dudes. Um, I was talking to my friend who moved to New York and he was telling me about all the, uh, you know, people he's slaying out there, all the women. And uh, he was uh, he, he showed me his spreadsheet of dates he's been on and, and lists of spreadsheets and details about each individual date. And I was like, man, that's cool because you could like tell her next date, like, oh, how's Ben doing? How's Zankel doing, right? And I was like, that's fucking weird. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like, honestly, I was like kind of, um, my, my favorite of that spreadsheet, by the way, was one of the sheets, no joke, said, reminds me of my mom. And I was like, you dated someone that reminds you of your mom? I was like, did you, hope you didn't fuck or anything because that's fucking weird. Um, 
but honestly, I was kind of impressed by the whole spreadsheet thing because like, I was like, damn, like I've never met someone so disinterested in listening to someone that you got to put on a fucking spreadsheet and you got to re recollect it later. Like, oh, fuck it. I'll just fucking write it down. You know, they're ta taking spreadsheets during the, uh, out during the date. But honestly, I was just impressed because, you know, when I was younger, I would have never thought the key to getting laid was like fucking Microsoft Excel and Clippy. Like that would never fucking occur to me um, at all. So um, I could probably end it there. Yeah. Nolan Takashita, everybody. That was lovely. You're one of the comedy college kids. Well, welcome to Mutiny Radio. That's exciting. Well, hey, friends, we did it. That's so crazy. We got through the whole list. And there just weren't a lot of people. And that's fine because we can all go to other things. I'm going to go over to Slate. Anyone who wants to go with me on the bus, you're welcome. Or if you have a ride and you want to help me, I also appreciate that. Uh, Lord of the Zings is also happening tonight, 7 to 9 at the Knockout up there on Mission and like 27th, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for being here Mutiny Radio. Thanks so much for your donations. Uh, it really helps keep the doors open and the lights on. And uh, everybody have a great night. Yay! Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit 
thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black glasses. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. 
You need your bicycle seat fixed. You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how Contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Counter offer, baby. All right, Carl, I think we're ready. All right. I'm just chill. I'm not. I'm. We have a Apple Mac or whatever the iTunes or whatever the computer is called, and I fucking mm-hmm. hate it, man. Give me a PC for life. 
Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So, familiar. Yeah, I had to turn up. Let me see if I did turn it off before I do it. Adult beverage. Of course, I'm going to turn off. This is why we're doing this minute. I got to wait two seconds for the bottom to show up. Come on, show up. Come on, show up. Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the top. Can't do it. I can't get. I can't turn this thing off. Open every day at 2 p.m. Happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. I can't do it because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art live in the mission benders we should riff with them okay, sh- 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 Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Let's watch. Let's watch it. Let's a, watch. A full-length. <laughs> oh, well, the movie. The best. All right, so, Carl, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That is the premise of our podcast. We're almost up to 200 episodes, if I get my shit together and count them. Uh-huh. I'm really excited. And uh, you can follow our podcast. Our name is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's our acronym. You can find us on the YouTube where there's dozens of these podcasts synced up with the movies. Uh, and that is at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T on YouTube. Check it out. It's really excellent. And if you want to see something <laughs> lame, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube.blogspot.com or just go to our Facebook page. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we are watching Twisted Obsession starring Jeff Goldblum. Twisted Obsession. So... Go to your YouTube search engine. You put in, if you put in Twisted Obsession, you'll get there. But if you were to put in Twisted Obsession, parentheses, The Mad Monkey, uh, you know, parentheses, 1989 drama Jeff Goldblum, you would find Classic Movies Channel. Oh, okay. Well, I Classic mean, anything channel. with a Mad Monkey, a Twisted Obsession, and Jeff Goldblum <laughs> being a drama from 1989, that's got to be a classic movie. Bingo. All right. This was right after Earth Girls Are Easy and The Fly. I mean, he was big deal. Big deal, and he disappeared to Paris, which we'll talk about. All right, yeah. so I am, I'm there. Uh, hopefully our listeners, uh, plural. I haven't got the, <laughs> the ratings, in, but I'm sure it's plural. Uh, go ahead to that link, hit pause, make sure you're synced up to zero, zero. And uh, you know what? I have, I have Colonel Countdown. Mr. Downward Spiral himself, Mr. Descending Numerals. Let's get Rada Brubba from the Edge of Insanity podcast that streams live prior to me here on MuniRadio.fm on Sunday afternoons. It's Paul Brumba. Holy smokes. Mike Spiegelman and Carl. I, I don't know what to do with that intro. I'm loving you, Mike, man. Anytime you want to introduce me on stage, the Downward Spiral. I love that shit. All right, here we go, guys. Um, you know the drill. All right, you guys put your finger over that little triangle and do it in three, two, one. 
I can't read it, but it's something okay. productions. Yeah, it's a little blurry. I think you need the 3D glasses for the credits. Oh, there you go. <laughs> By the way, hi, Carl. Hi. <laughs> Speaking of twisted obsessions, Carl, Paul's in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that, that joke's been trademarked. It's actually uh, Christine, so this that's Christine been trademarked. From the previous show, we're talking about you. Yeah. And they believe that you are Paul's yeah. twisted. Paul is your twisted obsession. <laughs> and that you. It's a crush. It is a it crush. crush. Oh, we got a winner. It's not a bromance, everybody. It is a full-on crush. Full-on man crush. They were talking about you last show. You just confirmed what they were saying. No, you know, in a nice platonic way, I mean. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, all crushes are in a nice yeah, platonic and, way. And believe me, we absolutely uh, practice safe crush. <laughs> Carl and I. That's right. So I, I suggest all of our listeners do the same, please. I'm not, we're not crush shaming you. We just uh, called it out. <laughs> yeah, don't crush Paul, shame Paul him. thought it was a bromance, but Mrs. Christine definitely well, called you out. Well, I'm starting to get feelings for him, so it's it starting to get to be reciprocal. So watch out, folks. Christina said that uh, that a bromance is, goes both ways. And I said I don't go both ways, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm starting to feel a little something, a little a little tingle, and I don't think it's just my uh, my uh, nerve cells or my bad nerves in my legs. Now, okay. I have to go out to Here we go. Let's get to the movie. Let's win. Yeah, when are you going out? I'm going out to Walnut Creek for work. It'll probably happen in July. Okay. And San Francisco yes, it's is next just door. hop skipping away. It is a hop so skip. I'll buy oh, you dinner. Go I'm paying. Okay. Yeah, let's go to dinner. Bruce, Chris. No, let's go to a San oh, Francisco. Oh, you want to come too, Mike? <sighs> I'm chaperoned here. Are you kidding me? Don't Paul block me. I'm, I'm going to. Okay, so here's a young Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. And he's not so young career-wise. He's very famous. Well, you know, I, I Many think... Many people in this film are, actually. This movie came out in 89. It's a French-Spanish-British uh, production. It has uh, famous people from all those countries involved in this, including, uh, as an American screenwriter living in Paris, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum right. disappeared from the United States around 89 to 91 and had only appeared in Brit European films, The Tall Guy, Mr. <laughs> North... And then he did some ludicrous film, and you can go look it up on IMDb, this long sentence of a title. Uh, and they were all shot in Paris, in, in France, So, except for The Tall Guy. Well, I was just going to say, there's one for your, guys's, uh, for your guys' show, The Tall Guy. That's an obscure Goldblum one. Oh, people love that movie. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, people who've seen it love that movie. Yeah, I liked it, too. I just haven't seen it since whatever year it was. Yeah, 89. What 89. minute are you on, Mike? Oh, uh, can you move the mouse there, Paul? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we're currently at 302, 303, 304. Okay. okay. I got to catch up. All right. I, I'm only, I'm maybe five seconds behind. It's not that bad. Okay, so we've, this is the scene, if I'm where you guys are, where the wife leaves, okay? She escalated down. him alone with Danny, his son. Are they at school yet? Yeah, he's heading over there. He's he he has a little uh, toe toho, a little toe head. What's the word for kids? Yeah. Yeah, and he's uh, a rough. He's a rough rat. He's a rug rat. So when they Ruffian. start driving, yeah, they're driving. Play the audio because he's play the an audio. idiot. Did he say the kid was an Is idiot? Uh, no, no, but she's coming home on Sunday. How many days until Sunday? Four. 
How come this the kid is doesn't... everything, but the thing is, he goes, Jean-Claude's not my friend anymore. He is an idiot. <laughs> oh, we just caught the tail end of that part. I like how the Jeff Goldblum's kid does not sound like Jeff Goldblum. Hey, Jean-Claude, yeah, right. he was an idiot. You see, I wasn't in a child seat, and that was perfectly cool. Yeah, well, that's cool back in the late 80s. They liked that. That's right. We were... We had baby no, we on board signs. That's all you needed. You didn't need, like, seatbelts and stuff like that. Okay, so now we're learning he's a good dad. See how they're watching a movie together? Oh, yeah. That's like that happens in real life. He's a fun dad. It's not fucking Aladdin or Lion King. How did that happen? Well, oh, those the movies movie came on afterwards. means something to the bigger movie, the director saying something, but I can't figure out what it is from that shot. What, what do you, what do you, what do you, what's your opinion about television scenes shown in movies? Like, do you really believe that Betty Boop cartoons are showing sometime during the 24 hours of the day? Like, <laughs> I just saw I the Wedding Crashers saying. and they were watching Betty Boop cartoons. And I'm like, well, what channel is that, PBS? What yeah, channel is really? showing fucking Betty Boop cartoons? Maybe they're Chromecasting. Yeah, uh, maybe they got that three-hour uh, uh, cartoon video. Well, the, the thing is, the um, TV shows in movies, sometimes, you know, it's like ridiculous how they just are there to support the plot. Like, yeah. the movie's called uh, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, and then you see, no, that's a real movie, though. Like, uh, the movie's like, we're launching the shuttle, so the guy comes home, turns on the news, Shuttle launch. <laughs> you know, it's oh. so obvious so many times. You, well, I know, you know, I'm a news, I've been a newscaster for years, and what we do mm-hmm. is we do this for movie characters, is that we're silent until we bring up the crime story that they're involved with. So we sit there on uh-huh. air and we go, in other news, a uh, bank was robbed today and there was two casualties, one believed to be Hyvie Cartel's brother. More details as we go. <laughs> you know, He's in the cartel. It, oh, the, the Harvey cartel. Okay, I'm going to give you. In the cartel. I'm giving you complete silence on that one. All right. <laughs> okay, are we meeting Legrand now? Or are you in the office of? The yeah, yeah, yeah. He's spinning out. He's. Uh, now this is. These are men, Carl. Young Mike yeah. and old Mike can agree on this movie about what oh. it means to be a man. Okay. Young Mike saw so, this movie in '89 and said, "Yes, this is what life's about." And now old Mike agrees. Oh, you refer to the bush shot. That's coming up. Uh, no, no, in no, no. Hour. Look, this guy, Lamont, or whoever the, yeah. the producer, Lagrange, yeah. and Jeff Goldblum, they're men of a Smug certain Jeff age. Jeff Goldblum. He's called Smug Jeff Goldblum. He, but he, they're men of a certain age. Dexter Fletcher, yeah. who shows up, the director, they're all men of yeah. a certain age. And this movie is about being an empty vessel. And it's about what's, what, what's your life like. Next thing you know, you're not young anymore. Right? Peter Pan, uh, we are old. Well, he's reading well, the Peter Pan book. He's reading the line in from December. Peter Pan right now. Okay, here we go. Um, that's about the tragedy of growing up. Joy, so maybe joy. you're right. Mm. Listen, I know a place in Lausanne. Mm. It's peaceful. Now Jeff Goldblum is smugly telling the producer you should take a vacation. You think he's smug, huh? You can't stand the guy. Oh, turn it on, turn it on, check it out. Dan, uh, you really must meet Malcolm. Malcolm? Uh, you're a smug Wait. bastard. Oh, oh. Oh, I I'm being smug. I'm driving English Carl directors. crazy. With my smugness, my Jeff Goldblum oh, smugness. Change the planet. Change change your apartment. Change the world. <laughs> Look, smug, smug, smug. But well, what he doesn't know is the director is there. I got to catch up with you. What minute are you uh, at? All right, hang on. Let me go over to the second mic. Sorry. 
Now we're meeting Malcolm Green. Yes, who is a uh, longtime actor, Dexter Fletcher, who is now uh-huh. uh, A-list director. Yes, he is. Okay, As hang on a sec. matter of fact, he's do, done Rocket Man. Uh, oh, here we go. Here's the book he has. Where'd you find that? It's out of print. My sister found it. I'm at 816. Uh, what is it, Wendy? He cried Would again. Would you pause at 9? I'm Ford Peter okay. from Peter Pan by Jim Barry. Well, That's it. So, basically, the director oh, showed up and saying, look, Don't my worry. sister loves your book. And he goes, that's out of print. And he goes, here, take this book home. And then Jeff Loon smugly says, I might have a copy already. You really hate Jeff Goldblum. He never macked on you. You're only supposed to hate him if you're a woman and get macked on by him. And you're like, stop <laughs> no, macking on is, me, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. This is a character in the movie, but it's still Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I'm getting to, oh, here's the exciting part of the show. Carl, I'm at 8.55, 8.56, 7.8, 9, 9 minutes. Okay, did you pause, or are you just telling me you're at 9? Did you want me to pause? Yes, please. Pause at 9.30. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I'm behind you, you see, so I'll tell you when to hit play again. And I apologize for inconveniencing you. I know I'm. Uh, All right. So. People at home have to deal with this. <laughs> All right. Okay, Carl, I'm going to pause in for 26, 27. This is the most exciting part of the show. I paused at 9.30. Okay. So I'm going to tell you when to hit play. All right. 21, 22. If you're listening. 24. 25, uh-huh. 26, get uh-huh. ready, 27, 28, you're going to 29, play. Thank you. I did a short, What's happening now is well, well. Jeff Goldblum saying it's thin, it's thin. You've got one line from a book that's really a line from Peter Pan, and you want to do a whole movie. So they go, you see, it says the child is a narcissist. The director's saying that on purpose to us because that is what Jeff Goldblum is. Yeah, you hate Jeff Goldblum. They invite him to go see a a Cannes Film Festival winning short of the director uh, Uh. (laughs) tomorrow, okay? Uh, Sounds good. There's nothing like a good Cannes short film winner to to (laughs) revive my uh, batteries. (laughs) (laughs) It's because they want him to, you know, he's a writer and living in Paris, and they want him to turn this screenplay into... Now, is that a man or a woman sitting across from her? Well, there's Miranda Richardson. Yeah, famous. Famous. What she's doing in this movie? She's probably went, did it? She does a good job in this movie. Who, that person? Her? Him? What? Who? She is in a wheelchair, as you can see. With high heels. And so he's just looked right into her dress with it. Okay, so turn up the sound and you'll see him talk about the high heels. You got hurt of feelings a little bit. He's in love. Oh, poor guy. Go ahead, I'm all in. You didn't hit play at 9.30, did you? I did, absolutely. I'm at uh, 11.15. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm watching Miranda Rich. I'm listening to terrible ambient music at a restaurant. And four stars right there. Well, he says right now, why do you wear high heels? And she says, that's what you came all the way to ask me? And he goes, I had to know. 
and she said she's making the other women who, you know, it hurts them to wear them jealous or something. It's her revenge. Uh, Just because you said that. Did you say that because you saw the film before? No, I said that because her legs were spread and he was looking down her dress. <laughs> in, my, in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be looking down? You Maybe, must look uh, up. Just... Well, look how he's sitting. He's like half staring at the table. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, just, a, he's a little child. Uh, you yeah. hate Jeff Goldblum. Admit it. You hate his smugness. Um, no, no, I do not hate Jeff Goldblum. I'm laughing at the fact that he's being so smug. Gotcha. No, it's it's cool. <laughs> just he's he's a dick sometimes. That's but all. he gets it's knocked. Of, he gets knocked he down. He didn't write the lines. He gets his, his pegs get uh, knocked down. It. His, he oh, gets, they knocketh them down it all right. Yeah, some peg knock it down. I'm <laughs> oh, just going to drink this beer now. Ah, ah summer yeah. beer. Here I am in Jersey County. Yeah, how's the it's weather some, out there? Magma? Yeah, we have the magma beer right here. <laughs> Make Carl drunk again. You got the magma drink right here. <laughs> Are we playing a drinking game and we drink every time Jeff Goldblum drinks? Because that counts. Um... <laughs> Uh, there is some heavy drinking in this film. Any uh, cocaine? There's cocaine in this movie. I've seen it a couple times. I do not recall. I'm sh- there is going to be a heroin thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, right, because it's, it's almost the 90s and we're getting into the heroin. I have a copy of the original script for El Sueño de Monaco uh-huh. in book form. And uh, so I brought it along. It was a gift because I really like this movie. You know, the, the, when okay, they... now this is the short. All right. And it's basically his sister Jenny yes. having, you know, coming, like feeling sexual pleasure. Oh. Okay, that's wait a minute. Did you say sister? Yeah, Jenny. Yeah, that's awkward. That's twisted. Malcolm's sister, the director. Now you mentioned that he was a he's a Dexter is a serious uh, director today. Yeah, he uh, is. He also was in a relationship with this. Star at the time. This is her first film ever, this Jenny person. Her name's Liz Walker. Okay. She was in Hackers. You and I no saw that. No way. Yeah, we saw it on this show. Yeah. I wonder who did she, she play? In, Here's your coffee. Uh, right. Yeah. She plays Laura, which is basically, yeah, I'm in the hacker community. It's just the face that looks right for the film. Well, because she's supposed to be 16 years old, by the way, in this movie, right? I, well, I want to make sure yeah, people feel very uncomfortable watching this. No, but you just did that to people because in the end of the film, it is revealed to Jeff Goldblum she's only 16 and he freaks out. Right. Well, <laughs> so, that's... No, you're supposed to, at the end, have that reaction. Like, what? Oh, so I spoiled the film, but she looks young on the screen. <laughs> it was taken years ago. Cons gave this best short reward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, quickie. Because in the script, you can write whatever you want. Yeah, that's great script writing. I have that also in book form in Spanish. Mm-hmm. The, so the, uh, basically, Legrand is saying, "Not impressed. This is porno." So Dexter Fletcher, the actor, was dating uh, Jenny, the actress who played Jenny. Yes, at the time of this film. Weird, I didn't know. He was in Bugsy Malone. He was in The Elephant Man. He was in The Man Who Knew Too Little, a Bill Murray film I love. Yeah, he's a. I know him as Soap from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He was the chef okay, that kept yeah. his nose clean. That's the big one. Yeah. Lots of smoking barrels is like what's the first mention when you look him up. He was in Kick-Ass. 
he, yeah. he's been in a lot of things, and he's directed. Um, okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody, you've seen that in the theater. So the last two weeks of the film, the director was like, "I quit," and so he oh. stepped in. So the, the director volunteered to leave the show. Brian Singer. Oh. There was some sort of fight. No, he was. <laughs> he has so many sexual allegations against him. Uh, oh, they fired him. For yeah, that? right. And they brought That's in Dexter true. Fletcher to finish the film. So he was credited as an executive producer because because of some law that he couldn't be credited as that. Yeah, as it's director. the Directors Guild, and also you know they still had a Oscar campaign. I don't think they really promoted Brian Singer as much as they would have, but and that film was like Best Picture nomination. I don't got it. French was, Street. Did it win? Oh yeah, this is this is 80s Paris, so it's right. nothing gentrified. <laughs> Even Paris wasn't gentrified back then. How fucked up is that? Look at these tiny okay, little streets. My fat American ass can't walk. Th- I can't walk through these little Parisian streets like that. I mean, part I'm, of the yeah. Part of the whole thing is that it's a slimy Parisian street he lives on, and the building looks like it's going to collapse. And here we hear a voiceover. So. In post-production, they do voiceovers when when things are hard to explain. Or is there Billy Wilder pictures? Building that looked kind of collapsible. I'm a Blade Runner. I'm Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and I'm a, uh, I'm a Blade Runner. <laughs> and the name is Tech Card. Transylvania. Okay, so Danny's crying in bed, and Danny wants his mama. That's pretty much what this is all about. How old is Danny, and how old is Jeff as a father? Um, Danny looks to be six, maybe. Or yeah. I think six, I would say. And he's he's in his thirties. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's right. in his early thirties, like three, thirty-three, something like that. Gotcha. She's, he's calling the uh, ex-wife right now, or separated. They're not ex, but... Oh, boy. So basically what's going on here is this Lagrange says, I am going to do this movie. It's not what I usually do, but you got to give me some product that I could sell, you know? So they go see the short. Lagrange is like, blech. Um, <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum's like, I'm not sure I want to do this. I don't think I do want to do it. So charge him a lot of money. The agent says, okay. And basically, they're trying to talk Jeff Goldblum into into you know writing this film, and that's right. where we're at. Now, he resists. Wasn't there? Um, I just saw. Oh, it was. Uh, it's the. It was John Cusack and Samuel Jackson in a Stephen King thriller about a hotel room, and it was called 1408. Uh-huh. And it was about a guy who wrote like scariest places books, and right. someone came up to him Haunted. and said. Hey, can you sign your novel? He's like, ah, that's from a different person, kid. That guy was a long, long time ago. Get on the mic, Pete Goldie. I got Pete Goldie in the studio, Carl. Okay. Ugh. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. How does this radio work? Watch out for that wacky <laughs> chair. Uh, we're watching, uh, yeah, put on those headphones. Carl from New Jersey is on the line. Carl uh, from Jersey. I, yeah. I, I've known Pete Goldie for a while, and he's a good Samaritan neighbor. Uh, came by with good some water for station. Yeah, it's just to promote my own radio station. Where's uh, where's What's the up knob? Oh, it's over there. That box there, the the little tiny box on the table. By the plenty horn, of room by on the, the hunker. FM internet. You see dial. that? Yeah. There you go. 
All right, so we're also watching a movie concurrently. Okay, so now she's going home, and he's, it's basically the show, like, all's not well, you've got trouble. Like, Danny wants mom, Danny kind of doesn't want dad. So that's what we're setting up here. He's talking in his sleep. Is that fucking American out of the house yet, or what? <laughs> you should hear his French. It's so bad. He's like, je ne sais pas. Jeff Copeland? <laughs> je ne sais pas. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he's got his, what kind of car is that? BMW. Nice. Oh, well then that, that's not so French. Hey, hey. You sure not sleeping? So he's a rich Parisian. American screenwriter. Yes, he is. Okay, so what's happening right now is the director showing us, uh, you know, that the son is rejecting the dad. He's like, are you sure you don't want to stay home from school? You didn't sleep well. We could go out and, you know, have some fun, play hooky. And he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, director. Hurt its feeling. This is a nice place. There's no computers or television sets. It's just lamps. He'll write on a typewriter. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's twisted. He has a twisted obsession. People with twisted obsessions no. use typewriters. It's 88 they're shooting. <laughs> yeah, he would have had an electronic word processor like me. So now we're hearing um, Lagrange on the, the, the producer on the answering machine going, I hit your agent. She is a jerk. Forget it. I'm not doing this film. Then we yeah. hear the agent come on by the answer machine. Um, I think your agent and my producer aren't exactly seeing eye to eye. Don't worry, I'll sort it out. Uh, we'll see each other at three at my place. Okay. He's fucking so he's twisted. He's to see the agent say, what's going on? We're doing this film or what? If this movie was shot two years later, it would be a fax machine. <laughs> in a beeper right <laughs> maybe not a beeper yeah I guess a beeper uh, did you don't you mean pager beeper pager <laughs> yeah. how, how old are you me <laughs> yeah I collect social security his name is okay, Pete Oldie so you certainly remember fax machines and page okay okay yeah no worries man. no one under the age of 50 in this show Perfect. guarantee we just want to watch young smut we all got our ARP, ARAT card and said, what the hell? I don't, yeah. I'm not old enough for this. It's like you are now a member. I don't remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> oh, don't yeah, tell they, me. They keep mailing me that stuff and I just throw it away. So what we learn now is Lagrange, who was so mad and had a big problem, all of a sudden he calls up, he does a whole 180, and he's like, okay, I'll do the film. I'll give you all the money you want. I'll hire... Jeff Goldblum. So that's the mystery. What changed his mind? Oh, it's no mystery what changed his mind. <laughs> what do you think it was? <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen this movie four or five times. I mean, and I, have oh, okay. I have this fucking well, screenplay in Spanish, man. Hey, if, As a viewer, we don't know that Jenny... <clears throat> I don't want to make a funny joke because you get offended easy. No, no, no. It's all right. Jenny I won't listen. A, hmm. <laughs> Uh, but we don't know that yet. Okay, here's our slimy uh, alleyway again. You see oh, yeah. They got to gentrify That's part that. of the... This is 89. This is what it looked like back then. And I still wouldn't be able to walk down that, that street. You see that the sidewalk's too down? narrow. Yeah, so everything's too narrow. I'm going to get hit. I'm a fat American. Because I'm old, I'm still so talking about AARP. And uh, <laughs> have you ever been to their website? It's like the only website like has a, a right turn signal blinking on it. 
it's totally the worst. Their their dues are really low. It's like twenty four, twenty five dollars a year. Then they send you like printed matter in the mail. <laughs> oh, that, I like that. I like magazines and calendars. Maybe yeah. I should become an AARP if ever. However, they give you enough uh, advertisement mail for you know things like a twenty-five dollar a month insurance and things like that that you can paper over any pet cage you have because you're old. So you know, there's that between the magazine and the mailers for things you buy. Lots and lots of paper. Okay, back to this Jeff Goldblum. He's not old. Well, at actually, all. is this the scene where they talk about gilding the lily? Okay, Malcolm. Uh, no, I noted that for you, actually. All right, I'll good. You can turn up the sound. Yeah, all right. Let me know when that scene comes. That's the only thing I care no, about. No, no, this is way in the beginning. And what's happening is Jeff Goldblum is extremely frustrated that this dummy 20-something director doesn't even have a premise. He says, I want some pages of coherent thought. I'm not writing this thing if you don't even have an idea. That's like a dream. Down. Here we go. Oh, that's they that's they right, come up it? with their title. The Dream of the Mad Monkey. Title. Mm. Title. In Spanish. What do we drink now? Mm-hmm. Jeff Blue, Goldblum's um, uh, patronizing us. That sounds do great. You I, I use your phone. Oh, yeah. Cuckoo. Oh, you know, it's solid. It's um, calling the French cuckoo clock. It's Arsene Asylum. Is that Parisian rain we're hearing in the background? Oh, he's yeah, so, he's romantic. Uh, the way it, it drops on the glass root, uh, ceilings, rooftops. Well, that's very French, really. Okay, you should turn it up because it's funny. He goes, I'm here with, he gets the answering machine, but he goes, I'm here with, I, I won't ruin it. Who's behind Jenny, right? Miranda, isn't it? Hi, Meryl. It's uh, Danny Boy. Listen, I'm here with Norman Bates. <laughs> that was my joke. That's what's been. Mara Beige? Uh, Norman Bates. Uh, Norman uh, Bates. It's very Jeff Goldblum to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Last time I saw him in the movies on the phone, he was saying, "What's I? What's my mantra?" You ever see uh, Annie Hall? I think it's Annie Hall, where he's at a Woody Allen's at a Hollywood party, and, and young Jeff Goldblum's uh-huh. like calling his, uh, calling to find out what his mantra is. He forgot. His I mantra. didn't know that was him. I sure do remember that, and it was Annie Hall, of course. I need to see that again. What about um, Death Wish, where he was one of the thugs? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've got all these films that jumped out at me uh, to tell you about, but I ne- I didn't notice any of these. Mine are his big ones. Is she seducing him right now? <clears throat> no. With but... cigarettes. Yeah, French so cigarettes. We're learning who Jenny is, and you, since you've seen the film. Yeah. This is his twisted obsession. Oh. So the American title refers to her, and the international title, uh, the British title refers to a mad monkey. <laughs> but the well, that's Spanish... the title of their film, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it is actually based on a novel, and I, I don't know if it's in English or not, uh, called The Dream of the Mad Monkey. Right. M- uh, Mono Loco Muna. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. But, uh, I, I, but I think the, the title of the novel was in English. It might be an English novel. I have no idea. I never looked up. I never looked it up. It's French. 
Oh, it is French, so I'd have to speak the yeah. French. Oui, oui, monsieur. Okay, Pete, what okay, are we so listening basically, to? basically... Oh, what? well, what's the name of my radio station? You are on um, BFF? No. <laughs> what's it called? Radio Valencia. No. FCC Free? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which which internet station here? You left out Pirate Cat. Pirate Cat. Well, we were Pirate Cat. Now we're Mutiny Radio because we took a mutiny on the pirate. Yeah, let's just call it Relodio. Relodio. You've seen that, haven't I? Put you. Uh, I I have a special group now on 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 the social. I fa- probably social book. I probably automatically took myself out. Yeah, I put you in it because it's called Radio uh, Relodio Talent. You know, oh, because you are definitely Relodio Talent. You're a part of the Relodio Talent group. In other words, you have material that you have done at one time or another has been contributed to material that's been played on Relodio. Oh, Even, yeah, I have no you, idea. Like, you, you have you, no idea. You get no money. You uh, do, you, do you know what you they have? What no it was? extra was listeners. It a show, Peter. Uh, it was stuff recorded live at uh, the o- no, not the Odeon, the uh, Dark Room. Oh, how cool is yeah, that? Of yeah, of course. Yeah, the old movie theater, uh, the old theater, Carl, where we did Bad Movie Night, where we heckled movies. For 10 oh years. right. Yeah. Oh, you've talked about that many times. Yeah, not Pete's the one where I saw plays in, though. No, not not the payment one. And Pete, actually, uh, I don't know if you've, you co-host, but you've always been a, a force on that show by coming up with your megaphone. Uh, yes, with a with a megaphone. I I was one of the few people who took a bullhorn to a movie theater. Yeah, that was absolutely great. So uh, Pete, and you actually have a good sense of humor and, and actually contribute to the movie. And so it's always great to hear you pull horns uh, and <laughs> the audience go yeah, off. Sit in the back row and suddenly they're all like jumping up like there's a fire. Oh, cool. So Relodio is this, this station. Uh, I will definitely talk about it beforehand. And Carl and I would never do it, but maybe we could repurpose our here, stuff here's here how, in Mutiny and put it on your streaming service. Oh, this is the whole thing about Relodio. This is this is uh, what horrors we are. I'll actually, when I when I leave here, I'm going to go home and put Mutiny onto Relodio. And, you know, because I put all sorts of other stations on there. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, well, so, but, you know, because I'm not going to sit through this movie. It's it, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Am I yeah, no, this to... is the greatest movie. I, have, I love this movie. This is, that's wonderful. Maybe I'll, I'll take it in small bites over the course of my short life. No, you but, need to watch this movie and listen to this podcast at the same time. That's the only way you could do it. Let, okay. Let okay. us watch this full-length movie on YouTube with each other. That's what will happen. I'll go home and I'll put it on Relodio. And then everyone Relodio. will be hearing it there and they'll be going, wow, that's, Relodio is playing interesting. Interesting movie riff thing. I should now. donate to Relodio for material from elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So all right. It works so, so well. All By right, the cool. way, you saw the donation that Relodio made also to Muni Radio. Yes. So we appreciate all the bottled water here. Lots of water. Summer day. Nobody knows where I get the water, but but uh, it's a Sorry. well-known Hedge fact. Hatchy. <laughs> all right. It's well, all the best stuff. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'll keep yeah, talking yeah. for a little bit more, but I just want to get my plug in before no I get too high to say it later. You know. All right. Fair enough. Thank well, you so much, people. Right, Relodio so. is the thing. Uh, Carl, we're going to go back to the movie. Yep. Sorry. Okay, let's turn off that uh, phone okay, of yours. So now he's met Jenny, okay. so he's calling up the answering machine again and saying, Agent, I changed your mind. I'll take this job. Do not call the producer and quit. All right. So did and he's... what we missed was the wife surprised okay. him, the ex-wife, by sleeping with him for some reason. So she's still in the neighborhood. Maybe, yeah, she maybe comes over because of Danny. Maybe it was the, the rain on the, the glass roofs of Paris that made her, drove her over there. The passion. Je, um, to, uh, me. Did I do it right? You're asking me? I'm behind, Mike. What are, what are you? I'm trying, I'm trying my... This guy gets out of the way. He doesn't want to get hit. This right. is what I'm saying. If that was me, I would be like a big fat American and be halfway on the street. <laughs> Have you noticed how much screen time this car gets? 
it is a good car. <laughs> BMW in Paris from Jeff Goldblum. I think he was living in that car. Budget, maybe it was from some placement of money. All right, I'm not so it's, sure. Is this the movie? There's a boy, and he sometimes is this the gilding the lily? He's about to jump. Um, no, um, all right, uh, I'll tell you when that is. It's 39 minutes into the movie. There's a precious moment uh, in this yeah. movie. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, it's a minute, it's uh, 38 and 50 seconds. So, in the 38th minute, just turn it off. All right, do you mind just moving that mouse there, Pete, so I can see the perfect. Is this movie why you always say that? I learned the expression back in 89 from this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Gilding the Lily. Uh-huh. Yeah, he gives a really good time. Uh, smug, but yeah, really good That's a porn time. term, you know. Oh, Gilding, yeah. Gilding my Lily. That's frog sex. Are you into frog porn? <laughs> Who isn't? Come on. I'm with it, that ribbon. Yeah. So they're talking there. So this movie is about a movie about them writing a movie. Oh? Well, no, but that is in the movie. Are they running this movie? Like, they're like, what, what should we do now? Well, no, he goes, <laughs> okay, so I went over there every single day to write the story with the director, and it was raining every single time. And what they came up with is that, like, it's one of Peter Pan's lost boys, and in the end, he jumps off the roof, and they're also going to make that the opening scene. So they think that, They've made great progress today. The movie will be a flashback. This sounds great. So now he's just eyeing the sister. It's just like, hmm, it's that sexual person again. It's funny that like they were dating and they played brother and sisters in kind of an incestuous film. I mean, not haha funny, but right? It's, yeah, it's their call, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, uh, judging. This is a great movie. You will have the monkey fall out of the tree. Uh, why did he fall out of the tree? Because he was dead. Carl, why was the mo- <laughs> Carl? Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Uh, because he was dead. That's an old joke. Why was he dead? Uh, I that part I don't know. Because uh, he fell out of the tree. Boom! But he was in the tree, dead. But never mind. But why did okay, he fall so out? Now of- the producer is like, listen, you guys, you think you're so great. You've given me a piece of crap. I cannot sell this. Oh, the dream yeah. of the dead, the monkey, what? I can't tell. You bring now, your sister over to my house. Line, so we should listen. Finally, the cinema happy because nothing like that ever happened to their children. That boy. He's criticizing <clears> the, <throat> the, the suicide cinema. part. Is well, that Mick Jagger? That doesn't interest me. It's Dexter Gordon. <laughs> That's a good guess. No, him. The guy sitting down, Mick yeah, Jagger, yeah, yeah. not the guy with the suit. Yeah, no, that guy's not, Dexter not Jeff Goldblum. Not Jeff. Leave not it up. Leave Mick the sound up. All right, all right, all right. Leave it up. I can't stand his accent. All you have to do is say whether you're interested or not. See, it is but Mick Jagger. But don't ever tell me what I've got to do. Here comes do you want to produce this film, yes or no? Well, then say it. Yes. All right. Okay, here it comes. Here then there's comes. no more that needs to be said. Okay, movie's it over. Magical. I'm like a girl. If you want to fuck me, be nice. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of build-up for the, for the funniest thing. That's, that's your line of the movie. All right, there's, there's your moment. There's your clarity. Your... No, but the thing is, if I was there, right, when it came up, I would turn up the sound and he'd say it. Like, it's hard to tell you to, like, put it on. Oh, head. no, I, I understand. Like, all stupid. You see that? Yeah, yeah, but why? Why are you letting yourself be pushed around by a complete beginner? He's being slug again. 
Is he going to confess right now? No, not till later. No, no. So why is he letting himself get pushed around? You and I know, but the audience doesn't. Right. They're blackmailing him. Are they blackmailing the audience? He's saying smug stuff like, you should have gone on that vacation I told you to go on. You think that's smug? You think he's like Bill Murray's brother from Moving Violation, smug? Uh, no, I liked that. Oh, uh, Tom Arnold smug? <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Michael Keenan smug? It's like the used smug, a guy who really doesn't have life experience knowing everything. That's right. what it is. Like, yeah. Jeff Goldblum's going to learn a big lesson in this film. So before it, he, okay, well. Yeah, he learned never make jokes in front of a kid drinking milk. Uh, what we're he- seeing now is a montage of him spending about three weeks doing nothing but staying typing and oh. doing his making this. Uh, While his boy does boy stuff. I'm a kid. The, I'm like, your kid. He's like, you type for a while. And he goes, type, 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 type. <laughs> You're so. You just type. So, uh, That's a nice place. You're so productive, you know. That's a nice studio he lives in. His friends were shot there. Look at my watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so now he's having a dream. Uh oh. Dream of the Mad Goldberg. Ooh, Goldberg. Yeah, Legrand decided to not do the film. He divorced his wife and he got two girls. Flappers. And Flappers. the brother and sister went to America and and married each other and adopted his son. Huh. That's his dream. Huh. Oh, it's right. Like a, it's like a movie, you know? It's like a dream within a movie within a dream about a movie about a dream in a movie, right? It's just <laughs> that like, they started yeah. a, re- a religion over. The movie's called Dream, and he has a dream. That's not fair. Is he the Mad Monkey, Carl? Yep. He is the Mad Monkey? Uh, I don't know. I know. I don't think so. I don't think so. He does get a bad. Look at that place. So beautiful. Why don't you wait okay, to the end? And then in the credits there. it says Mad Monkey played by blank. Yeah, right. Jeff Goldblum, Mad Monkey. And I'll say, Yeah, I knew it. I can't wait till the end. Yeah, there's that We're car again. The voiceover, and he thinks that he's coming over there with the final draft. And now he's extremely frustrated when Malcolm wants to rewrite everything. I mean, he just spent three weeks. Oh, yeah. He had to change. They kept this kid stuff in there, and he's not going to uh, attribute it to him. Now, watch minute 38. You'll want to listen for Gilding the Lily. Oh, you should turn it up, actually. All right. Gilding, this is my moment of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Among many. He goes, here is my crack I just wrote. <laughs> it's called Rocket Man. Eddie the Eagle. Paper rustling sounds for those who can't hear. That's the sound of Jeff Goldblum reading. You can't do this. Why not? Because it's you're gilding the lily, is why. What does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? It means you're being self indulgent. Well, Ooh. I'm the director. Watch what he said. Well, direct on the set right yeah right yeah don't Scre- direct in our script there's a screenwriter who like wrote this movie like yeah that is my scene the director kept that scene in just as i wrote it yeah. <laughs> you might as well just say you know what fuck you director 
Sign this screenwriter. Uh-oh. Is this a dream, too? How long have I been there? Uh-oh. Well, he does have a dream in which he wakes up to Jenny just like this. this and it ends up life. being a dream in the end, but we'll get there. All right. Okay, so once again, Boy, she went. there's at a stage huh. in which the film is not going to go forward out of frustration with the brother. So the sister shows up and sort of gets everyone back on board. <laughs> it's working for me. But at this point, can we say as audience members, maybe we think that same happened with the director or the producer? <laughs> the producer. Now, this director is French uh, he did, or Spanish, I think. He did two other Spanish films that are really good. This one was his only and first English attempt. Did a good job. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Girl of Your Dreams and Bella et Foc. 